All right, guys, welcome to the Fight to Finish podcast number 13. In this episode, Cece and I talk about competition and competition AARs. And really, if you're looking to compete in the fitness capacity or even the jujitsu capacity, you should definitely listen to this one. We hope you guys enjoy it. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess. So we'll just start talking here. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. So Cece and I um, actually had a whole episode planned on um, competition, competition and our uh, competition AARs. And we as uh, individuals who have recently competed, um, we wanted to talk about a little bit more about our experiences, our takeaways, how we self-assess ourselves. And uh, we move forward. But Super Bowl Sunday just happened. Uh, us living in the Bay Area, to preface, we're not actually like big sports fans or at least, you know, like football and basketball fans. So we just rooted for the local team. But, you know, I grew up watching the San Francisco 49ers. Same with you, CC, as well, too. Your, your father was a, a Niners fan. Yeah, my dad actually went to school with Steve Young and uh, Ty Detmer, so... There's a little bit of history there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we rooted definitely for the local team. Um, but, you know, uh, what are your takeaways from that game? And then maybe we can lead into um, our ARs, our competitions, and, and, you know, the rest of this episode that we had planned. So I think the Niners, you know, they started off really strong in the first half. And then in the second half, they just, it just seemed like they stopped working together as a team they're just like it seemed like they had in their minds they had already won uh kind of got cocky and then they started losing and then at one point you could just see it in their eyes it was like we've lost the game wasn't even over they already lost like mentally they had lost Mm. um and i think that was kind of a turning point for them where there was still time for them to push forward and, and try to win yeah but because mentally they had given up, it was over. The game was over. Yeah. And I think the Chiefs saw that and they took advantage of it. They really capitalized on that. Yeah. What do you think? I think, you know, I think, number one, I think it was a, a good game, a stressful game. And I remember why I don't really watch, you know, football games. And, and you know, it's very stressful, especially if you're rooting for the home team. And I think... um um the quarterback for the Kansas city chiefs said it best. Like they didn't lose faith right throughout, maybe throughout their whole season and, or throughout the game. Right. like they, uh, it was an uneven game close to the half and, um, they came back, made it tied by the, by the halftime and, um, they kept driving and you could see that they kept driving and putting on the pressure on San Francisco, like big time. Right. And so, um, yeah, I and think, they they really work together as a team. Yeah, well, as opposed to uh, you know San Francisco again, we can't we can't speak for the whole season, right? Uh, from what I hear, they had a very stellar season. San Francisco 49ers had a very stellar season, and um, honestly, at least maybe you can agree or not with me. I just I didn't see it. I didn't see what all the hype was about, and uh, like you, and I agree with you. I think at some point. When they were showing the player, some of the players, you know, like Sherman, um, he just looked defeated. He just looked like he had already lost in his in his brain, 
and it was a close game and and it became apparent who the winner was as time you know uh went by and they kept losing yardage and got an extra <laughs> touchdown on it and they were down by like 11 points and you, they were just defeated you know and there was no the same drive that they had um the first half of the game right and i think they did get a lot of penal- the niners got a lot of penalties yeah penalties called on them for sure they did but i think that when the chiefs got penalties called on them they just bounced back they're like okay yeah All like right, yeah whatever. Like it the, is what it is they got a bunch of interceptions the niners you know had a well the sorry i should I'm speaking out of like i don't know how the game is played but um Kansas City threw a lot of interceptions, right, in in um, Niners' favor, and that really added to boost the morale of Niners. And when they started slipping ground, it started, you know. But you know, rounding it back to us, I mean, that's kind of what we wanted to talk about in general, like or not talk about in general. What our podcast is about, or at least the name, you know, fight to finish. You kind of, we kind of stress, at least in our lives, we just don't give up. Um, if there's seconds on the clock, we still push. doesn't matter if you know you're going to lose. You give it 100% max effort, you know, because um, you got there, you showed up to play, and you play the game. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, you know, going back um, to the topic of this episode, we want to talk about our competitions that we did recently. Um, ever since we started the podcast, CCU just basically had, at the time, finished your UFC competition and you did something which I implemented after your competition. What did you do? I did an AAR after action report. And why did you do that? Basically it's just to assess my performance at the last competition. Mm -hmm. My goals going into this competition, what actually happened during the competition and then seeing where I can improve setting new goals or even looking at weaknesses that I had and strengths that I had. Yeah. Why was it important to you that you did that? It was, it was just to help me set new goals and it helped me really assess my performance and see where my strengths and weaknesses lie and see how, how I can improve. And it gave me direction and where I wanted to go after the competition, what I wanted to do moving forward. So yours was a, and we'll get into it here in a second. Yours was a fitness competition um, at the UFC gym that we both um, are uh, patrons of. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine was a jujitsu competition. So, you know, I think there's a large contrast here that, you know, you listeners, if you, whether you're into fitness um, or into the jujitsu or like combat sports side, you can learn a lot from this, or at least from our, our perspective, right? Um, mine happened here in January. Um, grappling industries and um yeah I, I think you know this exercise and we'll get into further detail in a second exercise of creating an after action report really helped me um sharpen my game um and realize that i wasn't perfect going into my, even though i thought i was you know solid going into the composition i was being self-critical of what i was doing um and it's just like anything you can do an aar in anything in life whether it's like a a report that you have to do at work, you know, an analytics report or a report on something that happened at work. It's like 
your your strength, your your weaknesses, your opportunities, and any potential threats coming into it. You know, it's a, it basically almost like a SWOT analysis of of your performance, right? So, uh, Cease, um, why don't we talk about yours a little bit? Um, your findings, maybe some of your thoughts. I know you had some ideas, um, different sections. Give us some examples of what an AR looks like, your particular competition. Sure. So, my competition was from. So the competition I just completed was in 2019. It was in October of 2019. I had completed a similar competition two years back. So it was, it wasn't the same workouts, but it was also at UFC. It was their, uh, in-house in-house. What do they call it? Challenge. Um, Ultimate fitness Fitness challenge. challenge, That's what it's called. So they called it the ultimate fitness challenge. And the first time I had, competed i didn't have a coach and i think i've talked about this in the past but i didn't i didn't really have a coach you have to sign up under a coach yeah um but i didn't have i signed up under a coach but he was also organizing the whole event event so he didn't really have time to coach me i was kind of on my own and also if you wanted to be coached by your coach that you signed up under, you had to pay for personal training lessons, which makes sense. It does make sense, right? That's how they get paid. But I didn't want to pay that. Um, I had done personal training in the past and it just didn't work out for me. So this time I wanted to see how far I could go on my own. So I did. ended up winning third place. And I think really what saved me there was my cardio. I'd been practicing my running a lot. And I didn't realize there was going to be weightlifting, so I didn't know to how I didn't know to train for that. This is your first, the first competition, the not, first the, competition. not the recent one. Okay, right. So part of my AR goes into that. It, it goes well. My very first section talks about what competition I'm going into. Date. You know, when is competition going to be? When's the start time? When's the end time? Where's the location? And then it goes into the history, so that way I can look at okay. Last time I did a competition like this, or last time I did this competition, what did that look like? I had one third place. My biggest struggle was anything with weightlifting. So we had to do wall balls with pretty heavy weight. I wasn't used to that. Um, I had practiced my wall balls, but because I didn't have a coach, I didn't realize that my technique wasn't correct. So when it was game day, I kept getting no rep. No, No rep, yeah. We had to do deadlifts, and it just felt really heavy. I think that was a PR for me, 135. I'd never, I'd done deadlifts before with, like, kettlebells, but I don't think I ever went anything above 100 pounds. Sure. So going into that first competition, doing 135, 15 reps, how many times? I think I did two times, four times, something like that. But it was it was a lot of reps. And there were some people there that had never even done a deadlift, any sort of deadlift ever. And they were learning how to do it in the middle of the competition. Mm. So anything with weight just was not my friend. And part of that had to do with they gave us a list of movements that we had to know. And that wasn't included. It was not well organized. So unfortunately, they changed a lot of the movements like the night before. Mm. Um, which just wasn't enough time to train for anything. Sure. So I go into the history. 
I broke it down by each heat, each workout, and how I did in each one of the heats. There was only three heats, and then whoever won the last, the third heat. Well, after the first heat, they eliminated people. After the second heat, they eliminated more pe- eliminated more people. And then the third heat was the final heat. And then whoever won that one won the whole company. Everything, yeah. Yeah. So I was pretty proud of myself. Won third place. Ran a Spartan race right afterwards as well. <laughs> Drove up to the city right afterwards and completed a Spartan race. So um, I was really impressed with myself just by the fact that I didn't have a coach. I coached myself. Um, and then I go into goals. So what are my goals going into this competition? Okay, well, obviously, I want to win first place. Um, as for strength, you know, I want to be able to deadlift at least 135 pounds with ease and get as close as possible to 15 unbroken reps. A lot. That's huge for me. Like, 135 was a PR. Now I want to do 15 <laughs> unbroken. Like, wow, okay, that's ambitious. Um, you know, and there's other things like string together multiple wall balls at a certain weight. Um, and then there were certain movements that I was aware of that were going to be in this next competition and I wanted to be able to hit those. So I had goals for strength, cardio, and then technique. Then my next section is what happened. So what actually happened during the competition? And this part, so the first part is where you're talking about like your history and your goals. You can fill all that out beforehand. And especially the goals part, because that gives you an idea of what you want to work on. This is how you're going to train. These are the movements you're going to focus on. Then, after the competition is done, you go into the section of what happened. Okay, well, what happened? Well, I had to weigh in. This is the first time in this competition that they had us weigh in. So, it was something I had to be aware of. I had to make sure that I made my weight. Because if I didn't, I would have to I would have to do heavier weights in the deadlift or the push press um, on competition day. So it was stressful. I had to make sure that I weighed in at the right weight. Then I went into the different workouts. This time they had three workouts and then they eliminated a bunch of people. A fourth workout, they eliminated more people. And then the final workout. And then for those, I listed where I ranked in my heat and how quickly I finished the workout because everything was for time. And then after that, I went into what went well and I broke that down on goals that I met or any wins that I had, training, mobility, and then mental slash like mental strength or attitude. And then my next section is what can be approved, improved upon. So training, what can I do better with my training? Diet, okay, you know, what? where did I go wrong with my diet? What could have been better? Mental strength, and then uh, pre-competition ritual. And then lastly, it's my goals moving forward. Okay, so what am I going to do moving forward about mental strength, cardio, strength, gymnastics, and future competitions and events? That's basically my format when I'm when I'm writing sure. it all out. So just to, to recap, you had and I, because I followed the same thing. I'm looking at mine right now. The format is you know the, you outline the actual competition mm-hmm. um, history, like your previous comps, uh, your goals going into this competition, 
what actually happened, right? Whether, you know, you won whatever heat you placed first, second, third, this heat, this heat, or the times, mm-hmm. uh, what went well. And then you broke those down individually by like the goals or the wins, training, mobility, or maybe it was, that was me, um, attitude and your, or your mental state, um, what you can, what can be improved mm-hmm. from that particular, um, competition. competition. And then you break it down like training, nutrition, stuff like that. Um, and then goals moving forward. This is kind of goal, goal setting, uh, future proving, uh, proofing, I'm sorry, proving. Um, and so that's your, your, your basic outline. Now, what, well, let's talk about, I mean, I think if, if any of our listeners are new, uh, let's talk about what happened in this fitness competition most recently, and then we can kind of go down, maybe we can pick one aspect from each section below that and talk about it. Um, yeah. And I think maybe we can go through these together, kind of like, um, so I've already talked about my history, right? Where I won third place in my last competition. Um, I didn't have a coach, but I did run a Spartan race right afterwards. So. You know, even though I didn't place first, I was really proud of my results, but I knew there was still a lot of improvement. Um, yeah, space to grow. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of opportunity for growth. Sure. Um, how did you feel about your your previous competition before the one you just did? Sure. Um, the, the, the previous competition, I, oh, I should be clear to the listeners here that my competition that I just did here in January uh, 2020 uh, is Grappling Industries. So I did Grappling Industries holds... Uh, grappling or jujitsu events around the world. Um, sometimes twice, at least in our area, twice a year. So usually once in the beginning of the year and once in like mid middle of the year. Um, I signed up for the same competition last year for the same, you know, um, but I got injured um, in the beginning of the year, like, like January 1st, I got injured. Um, so I had to pull from that. And then all of 2019, uh, I probably only competed once. And that was a local tournament at the academy. Usually those are called like smokers or you, you know, uh, striking, um, striking babies out there. Um, they're smokers, <laughs> which are like, you know, in-house kind of like competitions. So that was my previous competition was an in-house UFC competition. Um, I only had one opponent. So I only, um, I trained for it. <laughs> Not a lot, but I trained for it. And then I ended up rolling against a teammate. It should have been what ideally would have been. It would have been another uh, opponent from another neighboring UFC gym, but it happened to be someone I had rolled against before and no different. Right. And, um, I lost, it was a stupid mistake uh, on my part. And any of you jujitsu people out there, you know, that, you know, it can be as simple as one stupid little thing that, that costs you the submission or the tap. Right. Um, you either can get it or don't get it. And, um, so the, since there was only two of us, I thought it was going to go round robin, meaning we would compete again, but they only made us compete once. So that was it. That was my previous competition. Um, and then 2020 was the grappling industries. And so I definitely wanted to a challenge myself. And so I set some goals. So what were some of the goals that you set? Oh, okay. So some of the goals as I set was uh, obviously win gold. Um, <laughs> uh, but I also signed up for four divisions. So, um, I did two absolutes, one in the gi, not in the gi, and then, um, one in the gi in my weight division and my level, which is like blue belt or intermediate, they call it. And then one in, in, in no, no gi. gi. So same thing. So weight class and then open weight. Um, 
And then I honestly goal set to not leave it up to the judges and make a submission happen. Um, and I envision it being be a choke um, and not a uh, like an arm lock or whatever or 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 arm bar. Um, so that was that was my that was my goals. So how about you for your goals, your competition, your fitness competition? So for my competition. So just so you have a little background of what my competition kind of looks like. UFC doesn't do CrossFit, but their competitions are very CrossFit like they I'm assuming they don't want to pay for that. For that license. Affiliate. Yeah, exactly. It, it being, you know, calling something CrossFit costs a lot of money. Not cheap. <laughs> Definitely not free. So, but the the workouts are like that. It's all for time. All of their workouts were for time. And they for example, so one like one of the workouts that we did was a 400 meter run, five deadlifts, 25 wall ball slams, five deadlifts, and then ended with a 400 meter run as fast as possible. So your score was the time? And your score is the time. You have a time cap of 10 minutes. So if you don't finish and the 10 minutes hits, your score is 10 minutes. Got it. Yeah. Now, if someone finishes right at 10 minutes, obviously you rank below them because mm-hmm. you didn't finish. But yeah, that's that's how it worked. My goals going into it were obviously to win first place. But I really wanted to focus on the strength piece. I did not want strength to be the reason that I didn't win this year. I didn't want it to hold me back. So I concentrated on being able to do heavy deadlifts. I wanted to string together multiple wall balls. I wanted to be able to do a push, a heavy push press. Uh, for cardio... I wanted to be able to run faster than I did in my last competition. So at a pace faster than 7.0 on the treadmill. I don't know what speed that is. But. I think it's seven miles. Mm, I don't think. Oh, is it? I don't know. I don't know. But I just knew. I think last time I did it, the top speed I had was seven miles an hour. Okay. So I wanted to do better than, sure. than the last time yeah, I competed. Um, you know, I had... Goals for the rower, how fast I was going to row, how to cycle kettlebell swings together, um, transitioning from kettlebell front squats to kettlebell swings. And then as for technique, being able to do wall balls properly because I got no reps so much in that first competition, I couldn't let that happen again. So I did a lot of wall balls, learning proper weightlifting technique, especially with the deadlift where we were working with pretty heavy weights. I did not want to, I didn't want that be a setback and I definitely didn't want to get injured to start feeling pain in areas I shouldn't be feeling. And then um, improving my push press technique. One thing that well we'll go into that after what happened. Well yeah what are you talking about that? What what happened? Um, maybe so, you don't have to go like in too, too much detail but what happened? So what happened? First workout in so in my first workout, I got second place. And I think because I hadn't been training at the gym, the coaches there didn't know me. So they thought I'd never stepped into a gym before. I don't, I'm not super ripped or whatever. So I guess 
I just look like a normal person. So I guess they just didn't understand what level of training I'd been been training at and they didn't realize I'd been training with a coach. So just not their coach at at UFC. Right. I'd you been, have you have I'd your been own training coach. CrossFit. Yeah. And I had a CrossFit coach training me. Yeah. So in that first competition, I started my treadmill and I was setting it to the setting that I wanted and the coach started messing with my treadmill. So it sent me back because I had to stop and explain to him that I knew how to use a treadmill and I needed him to not be touching my equipment so that I could compete the way I had planned to compete. And that happened a lot throughout the competition with that particular judge. And I don't blame him. Like, I get it. He was just trying to help. But at the same time, as a judge, you're just supposed to judge. So I think knowing that these kind of hiccups are going to happen, you've got to know how to work through that. You can't let that get to you mentally, right? So I started off at a deficit, but I still ended up ranking second in my first wad. I ranked first in my heat for the second wad. The third wad, I ranked third in my heat. And then that's when they did eliminations. And I had ranked high enough in the first three competitions to make it to the fourth round. And then in the fourth round, I ranked first. And if I'm not mistaken, I had the fastest time overall, including like whether male or female, which was awesome. And then that gave me a high enough ranking to move on to the last competition, which obviously I won first place. So I won. That was the winner takes all. So I won and I think I beat everyone by like two full minutes. And, and male and female or just female? Um, I believe it was male and female, but I didn't hear the scores of all the males. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent positive about that, sure. but for sure, I beat the women by like a full two minutes. Sure. Second place came in two minutes after me. Sure. So final results, I won first place in my competition. So that's what happened. We'll go into what went well afterwards. What happened in your competition? Um, so, um, like I said, I was in four divisions. So uh, let's just go one by one in order of what I competed in. Uh, absolute nogi male adult i got fourth so one shy of the podium absolute gi male blue adult uh, i got second so i got a silver medal on that one um in gi adult male um in my weight category i got fifth so definitely i uh, didn't make podium on that one um that one was tough but we can more we can go more on that one later um nogi male intermediate my age division and weight division Fourth. So just one shy. So overall, uh, fourth, second, fifth, and fourth. Um, yeah, I mean, each bracket was different. Like for example, uh, the absolute no gi was was a little uh, big. The absolute gi was small. Gi adult was way big. That was I was competing. I mean, that was like a long bracket. Really and then long. yeah, and then no gi was uh, about. Uh, no average. I'm almost the same guys that compete. I competed in the no gi, hopped over to the, or sorry, in the gi, hopped over to no gi, and yeah. it was equally as large as well too. So, um, it was a very long day. Um, but those are the results of what happened in the competition. So obviously, I did not get gold in any of them. But I'm, uh, you know, as you will find out, I'm not disappointed by my performance. I am absolutely proud of the the turnout. What I did, um, 
you know, I set out to, to win gold, but I also kind of in the back of my head set out to test myself because I knew it was going to be a long day. I knew it was going to be a very long rolling day and I got a lot of rolls out of it, like a lot of just competition experience. So that's what I got out of it. Um, or that was what happened. But, um, let me go into what went well for me and then we can ask for the same thing for you. Maybe. Yeah. So, um, what went well? So as you guys know that, uh, my goals were to at least submit via, uh, oh. via choke. Um, in one of my matches, I actually did that. Um, it wasn't a choke that I envisioned, which I visualized, which I use a lot. Um, by the way, visualization is huge. Um, and I implemented, I've implemented a lot, especially in this competition. I visualized exactly the, the move and technique, um, I wanted. And, um, while I was going and I, attempted it in many of the matches that day i didn't i didn't get it but it was in my arsenal but i did submit somebody via choke so that that was good um and the grip fighting and the stand-up work I was really extremely proud of myself because i focused on uh, my rolling partners and my my teammates will tell you uh, all the hours after class i um, focused on grip fighting grip work stand up um and stand up at least for the academy I'm going or school I'm at is, you know, it, it is something we teach, but you know, not enough. I, I feel. And so that's something, you know, we can, I can take back as a competitor to my, my instructors and say, Hey, you know, we need to start implementing this. And so all that extra hours after class working on grip fighting, working on stand up helped a lot. Um, working on no gi because I, I used to, I mean, I still love gi, but, I really fell in love with Nogi training for this camp. I mean, I, I took a lot of time training. Um, and CrossFit, CrossFit helped immensely, you know, and I think it helped with the grip, it helped with the cardio and the intensity, the varying intensity that jujitsu requires because, you know, you it's very interval based. You know, you're 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 learning how to maintain uh your stamina, your cardio, your endurance, your muscle endurance in, you know, a five minute match. Um, it's, it's longer than the wrestling match. It's, you know, it's definitely, you got to learn to how to either compete really fast or compete really slow. It just depends. Right. So five minutes, a lot can happen. Um, oh yeah. Visualizations on here. Um, and mobility, um, something I, we've talked about in previous, um, podcasts. I really focused on having hip mobility and stretching and being mobile and just good overall muscle health and body health. And that really helped me. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit more because I actually got injured during that uh, competition. Um, my first match got heel hooked. Um, and if you guys don't understand what a heel hook is, imagine somebody trying to rip apart your Achilles tendon while simultaneously also trying to rip out your, um, your knee. So um, uh, unfortunately for me, I mean, I see, see what well, we can talk about. There's video of it, uh, of it, me actually getting heel hook. I actually heard a crunch. I thought I, I honestly thought it was injured. I, I stood up and I immediately could feel the pain, walked off the mat, told Cece, right? What did I tell you right away, babe? Well, you said, oh, it feels kind of weird. <laughs> you didn't tell me you were injured. You're like, oh, I just feel sorry. I just, I just got to walk it off. I just got to walk it right. off. But, you know, honestly, uh, adrenaline worked. I it at my next match 
was like five minutes later, not even five minutes, like two minutes later. Yeah, it was really soon after. Yeah, and so I had no time to worry. Adrenaline worked. And, you know, I, I competed the whole day on injured, uh, on, a, on a sprained, really a sprained uh, ligament. So, um, yeah. And now, you know, mobility and being, being able to stretch has helped me in my rehab and recovery. I'm back on the mats now, although I'm not 100%, you know, but it, it's helping me get back to, to full 100% health. So. That's huge for me. So what happened in your competition, babe? Well, we already went what happened. Oh, sorry. Sorry. What went, went well. well? Yes. So obviously I won for a place. First place. That was one thing that went well. <laughs> I met my goal. Yay. Yay. I moved the push press with ease. Made it look easy. That's what they tell me. <laughs> and one thing that I hadn't uh, trained. I mean, I had trained clean. I did. I, I mean, obviously, I'm doing CrossFit. I spent the first, I think it was like four months. That's all I focused on was Olympic lifts. Snatch, clean, jerk. That's all I worked on for about four months before joining CrossFit. I wanted to be really, really good at it. So I was working with Sean, my coach, on that. And that actually ended up paying off big time. They didn't tell us that there were going to be cleans in the... In the pre... In, in the competition. Pre-announcement, yeah. Yeah. However, they... they Every coach should have been training their students with cleans. Why? Because they had push press. Push press was one of the first three workouts. Everyone had visibility to the first three workouts. How are you going to get the bar to your shoulders if it's on the ground? You got to clean it. It's the only way to do it. And I naturally assumed they weren't going to give us, um, like a, what am I thinking of? Like a squat rack or something to put oh, the bar yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. Like a to proper, lift it. yeah, yeah. Yeah, to take it off to do my push press. You would have to clean it from the ground. And so a lot of people didn't know how to clean it. And they were learning competition day, how to that clean a bar. was very dangerous. It was dangerous. Very dangerous. But it paid off for me because I knew how to do the yeah, movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew how to do it with ease. No problem. My deadlifts were completed quickly. Luckily, I didn't have to do 15 reps. I only had to do five. And once again, I was working with 135 pounds, 135 mm. pounds. So way better than the first time I did it. And something that I didn't know, Sean told me, he gave me pointers on, we had a plan, right? And so one of the things that he told me to do every time I finished one of my workouts, do a proper cool down on the assault bike, because there's going to be a lot of time between events. So I did a proper cool down, which prevented lactic acid buildup between rounds and it kept me loose kept me fluid i felt like i could move better i stretched between rounds and then just felt good going into every single event i just felt good i didn't feel super tight anywhere it's just it, it really really helped as for training i didn't know if i was going to hit the weight class that i wanted so i trained at a higher weight assuming that i was going to have to do heavier weights. so to explain your every weight class different weight classes had different weight requirements or sorry every so you would weigh in and if you hit a certain weight that determined what weight you would be lifting or right right so if i was under 126 pounds i would be doing a 70 pound push press and a 135 pound deadlift if I was above 126 pounds, if I was 126 or higher, 
think 126 be- between 126 and 145 i think was the gap sure was the weight class then i would be doing 80 pounds push press and a 155 pound deadlift sure which was more challenging for me of course so especially to clean 80 pounds at that time i I hadn't trained. I could do it, but it was going to be really rough. I, sure. I didn't. Uh, an, an easy way to, to to think about this, right? Whether you're on the skip, the end of, you know, where you're like, oh man, that sounds really tough, or this, you know, the other end where you're like, oh man, that sounds really easy. You got to think about the percentage of body weight, right? Yeah. You're at. So what and your level of experience at the time, but like now you're saying, you know, at the time for you it was challenging, but you know, as you, time went on, it was a lot easier. It, this, right. moving this kind of weight is a lot easier for you yeah so after i mean after that competition i actually ended up hitting a clean and jerk a jerk which is not a type of push press but we could do jerks instead of a push press yeah it was more of a shoulder to overhead movement um but i hit 115 pounds during the crossfit open yeah so obviously 115 it, it felt easy i felt like i could have done a bunch yeah, more yeah, yeah. um so you know, the fact that I had to do 70 pounds for my competition, that ended up being pretty easy for me. Yeah. Um, I worked on cycling push presses and cleans. I did sprints to improve my running speed, which paid off. I forget what I hit, but I think I hit close to like, what, speed 10, like 9 or 10 during so, the competition yeah. for running. Mm-hmm. Uh, For rowing, I did a competitor start and I really focused on having long, long strokes and really powerful strokes on the, versus, on, on the, the rowing rower. versus going fast, short, fast strokes. Um, mobility wise, I rolled out my whole body, especially my left shoulder. Cause that one always gives me issues. Had a masseuse work on it to prevent, um, pain and injury. I rolled out and stretched the night before to make sure I got the blood flowing and loosened up my body. And then as for attitude or mental strength, I went into this being friendly towards the competitors the night before. I got to meet some of the competitors and I was like, okay. Talked to them, was like, oh, hey, like, I'm really excited to compete with you. You know, like, this will, it'll that, be fun. Is that the norm for you? It's not. Usually. So what's your, yeah, what's your usual? So before, my norm was going in there with like, yeah (laughs) just like this attitude of just like nobody talk to me like leave me alone um so how does this contrast to you talking okay so to me if i was a listener what you're talking about your old attitude of like you're gonna rip someone's face off or whatever kind of attitude like you know that to me sounds like goggins taking their soul is it not yeah, in a way, but the thing was that you can be friendly and you can still take someone's soul. Got it. How is that? So how how is being how is being friendly taking somebody's soul? So being friendly, I you know, so before I used to think, right, like I went in there with like this attitude of like I'm going to win and I just had like, right, my competition face on. The thing is is that I had a competition face on cuz I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like I just hope that I look intimidated enough that they'll be intimidated by mm. me. But going into it, being all, fr- all friendly towards the competitors and, you know, just checking them out and seeing like, all right, like, what are their fears? Like, what are they scared of? 
And that actually kind of gave me a game plan. I'm like, okay, so you're not confident about cleans. That's cool because I am. So I know like I can get ahead in this. So it, it kind of gave me an edge where, um, and it, it paid off during the last workout where the girl I was competing against, she was ahead of me, but I knew she couldn't do cleans. I knew it. So I was like, go ahead. You're three, two, three reps ahead of me. I'm like, but when we hit those cleans, I'm going to blast through them and you're going to be stuck. And I knew it. So I wasn't worried. I was able to focus because I knew my plan. I knew my strengths. I knew my weaknesses really well to the point where I knew where I needed to really push hard and blast through movements so that I had time for to really work through the movements that sure. were my weaknesses. So you took their souls through your actions by sticking to your game plan and showing that you can do the movements more fluidly. Yeah. And still being friendly because mm -hmm. they're just like, dang, she's so nice too. <laughs> <laughs> so I focused on, really on myself and not how others were doing. And I think that really was my biggest goal going into it. And I didn't realize that until I was there because every single time I'd gone into a competition or I've competed against someone, I never had a plan going into it. You know, I just showed up with my plan was I'm going to do my best. And I did do my best, but. This time I had a plan. This is how I'm going to do my best. And because of that, I was really able to focus on my plan. And I wasn't really focused on what everyone else was doing because it didn't matter. Because whether or not they did well, it, it didn't matter. It didn't change the way I was going to attack the, the sure, workouts. Sure, sure, sure. So that was, I think, one of my biggest wins was being able to really focus on myself and not how others were, were doing. Um, staying positive during times when I was going slow and I trusted the process, my training, the plan Sean had given me, and then using motiv motivational sayings to keep my mind right. Um, like what? So, like, <laughs> Arwen would yell at me, lightweight, <laughs> nothing but a peanut, which just cracked me up. <laughs> it's from, uh, if you guys want to look it up, YouTube, Ronnie Coleman. Uh, uh, definitely a bodybuilder, but lift, you still, I mean, now he's paying for it, but... Uh, <laughs> used to lift a lot of weight and used to yell that as a, a self-motivation and and uh yeah did it i remember you yelling that during one of the exercises did it like did it help yeah it was crazy because i did it like i was like oh man i was thinking like dude this is really heavy like this sucks like this really sucks this feels really heavy and i, I didn't train enough like should train more and i was like no stop stop with like this bad attitude like stop with this like mental weakness and i just told myself hey it's light it's lightweight it's just a peanut and so i yelled out lightweight nothing but a peanut and it helped it was crazy suddenly i felt like i was just carrying little peanuts in my hands <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know that you felt like it was peanuts i didn't know that yeah it just felt super super light <laughs> and then i think one of the last it was again the last workout where i was i was super ahead i was super ahead and the girl that was behind me she or the girl i was competing with because we did it in groups of two um she was tr doing her best to try to catch up to me and she was definitely stronger than me i'll admit that she definitely was but she lacked technique and I had technique. So technique wins mm -hmm. every time. Jiu-jitsu, 
because it's more efficient. <laughs> it's just the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a much heated debate, but yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's more efficient. And so I had this moment where the I realized like the whole time throughout the entire competition, it seemed like these coaches were against me because I didn't train at UFC. I trained somewhere else. And I had my one judge, that one coach that was trying to help me out. But again, it was just hurting me because he did not know me. And I felt like I was there to prove that I didn't need them. Just, you know, just because their training worked with other people, it didn't mean that I couldn't be successful. And so, because it hadn't worked for me. And so I wanted to prove that I could do it my way and I could train my way the way that I like to train and I could still win. And so I think it was while I was carrying those, it was the last round carrying heavy weights and we had to carry 500 pounds worth of weight. Uh, I forget how many meters it was. What was it? Sure. What? 20 yards. Yeah. So there was just a bunch of plates that added up to 500 pounds. Had to carry 20 yards. So I was carrying it and I just started yelling, they don't know me, which is a quote from Goggins. David Goggins. Yeah. Because they don't. I was like, none of these people know me. They have no idea what I'm capable of. They think I can't win. But I'm going to show them. I was like, not only am I going to win this, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to be so far ahead. Like, there's going to be no way. There's no way that they can beat me, that anyone can beat me. And I think uh, in Jason Kalipa's book, The AMRAP Mentality, he talks about in competition, having this like rubber band effect where you have to break the rubber band, where you get so far ahead that the person behind you isn't mm. even thinking about being That's first right. place anymore. Yeah. They're thinking, okay, I'm not trying to be first. I can't be first. First is way too far ahead of me. I just need to stay in second place. I have to make sure that the person in third place doesn't surpass me. So that now they're not even focused on you. And that really was... Yeah. That's how far ahead I wanted to win first place. I think that's, um, you know, to explain, give people some background. Uh, Jason Kalipa talks about in his book, The Amrap Mentality, with this rubber band effect about uh, runners, right? So when two people are really close to each other, they, you know, they want to, all the person that's behind wants to think about is surpassing that person. Mm-hmm. Unless there's a larger gap. Once there's a larger gap, that person's like, I just need to maintain the person behind is their attitude is going, I yeah, need to pass. Place, yeah. I just need to stay behind. I, I just need to hold my position. So that's the, the rubber band effect that you're talking about. And like, they don't you know, like you were saying, relating back to Goggins is you just, you wanted to prove a point at that point to just like blow them out of the water. And that just kind of gave you the energy. And in our video or in the video that we've, we captured, like, of that is just you saw that you saw the opportunity to kind of push forward and break that rubber band yeah and i did <laughs> two whole minutes yeah a big time for sure like we were already we were already interviewing you for your how you felt afterward and the person was still competing i mean was still technically finishing her heat and and i think uh the other thing was which i don't know why i didn't write this in my ar but um, I did want to take someone's soul. I'd never taken anyone's soul before. I'd always well, I had, think, I I've think always, you did. like a thousand times I'd had my soul taken. You know, I'd see these people and I'm just. So like, let's explain for people that haven't listened that quickly explain. Um, 
with this concept of taking someone's soul. This is this is not our idea. This is from uh, David Goggins. David Goggins from his book "Can't Hurt Me" or his anything really by him. Um, why don't you explain what in your eyes what taking someone's soul means? So taking someone's soul is where you perform in such a way that they think that you're unbreakable, where they think it doesn't matter what they do. They can't beat you. They can't hurt you. They're just. It's kind of like that defeat, right? Like, well, just like how we're talking about the Niners, you're like, you know, they at some point, the the Kansas City Chiefs took their soul away from the Niners. They just look defeated. Yeah. They look like they are the game. There's time on the clock and they just look like they lost already. Exactly. And you know that night, those Niners are going to go home and they're going to be thinking about the Chiefs. But you know what? The Chiefs tonight are going to go home thinking about themselves and their performance and their win. They're not going to be thinking about the Niners. I think the right attitude, if especially if you lost, and who knows, we can't speak on the behalf of the Niners, but like the right attitude to be like, okay, let me refocus on myself and how I can improve. And this is why we did the AAR, right? Yeah. Um, win or lose, I think this is how you should self-assess. Mm-hmm. Big time. So, um, let's start moving on to the next section for you. What can, from your competition, what can be improved? Can you, you don't have to go through everything. Right, right, right. Let's, let's. So I, so I am very hard on myself and I have very high expectations. So you don't say (laughs) my, what I did well on was like this really short section. (laughs) I'm like, oh yeah, I did all this. I did all this. Okay, cool. And then I went to my, what can be improved on? And I think it's probably like two and a half times the size of my what went well. (laughs) So, you know, I broke it down into the different movements that I did, running, rowing, wall balls, so on. And I looked at, like, what what can I do better? For example, wall balls. I did the wall balls, but I still struggled with it. And my technique still needs a lot of work. So that's one thing that I still need to work on. Um. My push presses, I know I can do better. My technique wasn't where I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be better. So things like that. I also noted that I was having left shoulder issues, which was kind of, I don't know. I don't don't know if I should say it was funny, but uh, I noted here my left shoulder was giving out before my right shoulder was. And so right there, this should have been like a signal to me hey, maybe you need to take a break after this competition, which I didn't. I went on and I went and did the CrossFit Open. CrossFit Open and then I tried to train for a weightlifting, a weightlifting competition. And finally, my shoulder's like, guess what? We're done. <laughs> so, but I, I noted it here. Hey, look, <laughs> your left shoulder's telling you, you need to stop. So I think that's a huge, huge, um, like eye-opening opportunity for me because I knew I was having issues and I decided to ignore it. And that's where injuries show up. Um, I talked to, you know, I went over my diet and how I need to do better with my diet. I lost way too much weight. Going into that competition, I went from 135 pounds down to 118. So that was over how many months? I don't know. From January until October, 10 months. A lot of weight for me. And then 
But that was over time. I think if you had dropped that rapidly, that'd be even worse. I think. Well, I dropped down from 135 to 125 by September. August, by August. And then I was starting to get concerned because I was like, oh my gosh, if I hit above 125, I'm going to, that's why I was concerned. Got it, got it. And then what, in like a month or two, I lost. That extra. Yeah, yeah. Got it. However much weight. I don't know. I can't math right now. Yeah, so a healthier diet. I also went into um, mental. Like you said, that one of your strengths was vi- was visualization. I felt like I couldn't visualize it. Couldn't. I just didn't see it. So, and I just didn't feel confident in myself, and I was having a lot of self doubts, and I didn't really start feeling like I could do it until that final workout. Um. And like feeling frustrated and having anxiety and and that sort of thing, um, and I was also just kind of like mentally checked out after all all the training. I was just tired. I just wanted it to be over. Um, and then having a pre competition ritual, I think would have helped a lot more. Having something that I I could have done that made me feel like okay. Like getting myself mentally ready for it, but physically. Um, so that's just a quick little overview of what I felt like, like could be a- improved upon from my competition. Uh, what about you, Arwen? Um, can't remember. I got to look at my notes. So uh, probably in the field of CrossFit, and uh, just go under training. I'll I'll I'll, I'll try to make this section quick. Um, on CrossFit. Um, probably focus less more on, less on the gymnastic work. Um, like, well, I think we've discussed this. I don't know, maybe gymnastic isn't the right word, but a lot of do do CrossFit more of the strength and the conditioning. And so now I'm starting to, for me now, what I'm trying to do is uh, follow the NC45 programming that uh, Jason Kalipa has, which he's actually said in several other podcasts that he's been on that it's, it's actually, it's more towards jujitsu players. Uh, or jujitsu um, people who practice jujitsu because he himself d- does jujitsu as well too, too. I think he's a purple belt. So you know they're modeling NC forty five, doing less gymnastic work and more strength and conditioning. And by gymnastic, you mean like handstands and yeah, muscle ups. I'm not saying that those don't help. Absolutely, I, I do think they help in some way. But I think you know they're less important for someone like myself or someone that trains jujitsu. Right to do that, and and I'm not saying that I don't want to do that one day. I'd love to, right? Um, it's just I, there's only so many time, so many hours in a day. You got to focus. Yeah, I think right now, uh, you know, you're completely focused on CrossFit training and weight training versus me. Uh, I try to split my time between CrossFit and Jujitsu, where Jujitsu takes you know ninety percent of my time. Um, caloric intake and hydration um, during the competition, and maybe we can talk about this here in this section. Uh, the environment, right? Ideally, in a, a jujitsu competition, you want to have warm up mats, stay warm. You want to have some way of actually not going into the comp your first or your matches very cold. Um, as opposed to this, it was extremely cold. It was basically a, a ice box in there, no warm up mats yeah. or anything. It was a really small space. Yeah, and timing, and I think they did a good job, a decent job of trying to give you a rough idea. But you know, it, my first match was uber delayed. And so I. And then your second match was pretty quick. 
pretty quick afterwards. Yeah. And then like first three matches were happened almost back to back to back to back. And then I had a fat gap and I didn't know like when I would compete next. And then I ended up competing the rest of the day, like one after the other, like almost no breaks. And it was tough to eat. Yes. And so that's, you know, that's where it goes into the nutrition portion is like, I I didn't eat at all. Um, Even though my nutrition was way, way good um, to, to put things like, uh, you know, previous competitions, I would be in the 220 or super heavyweight division for this competition. I weighed under 92 kilos. So I was in the two, I actually weighed in at 200, which is amazing. Number one, um, all that hard work. So, you know, I, I would hydrate. I drink, I drink nothing but water, uh, beforehand. And I think my nutrition beforehand and the weeks previous were great. Um, really strict. Yeah. And during game day, I barely drank any water. Mm-hmm. I didn't eat anything, barely anything, even though CC bought all this food. <laughs> Everyone else ended up everybody, eating it. The team and just everybody was just eating it, which is great. We're grateful and we would feed anybody, honestly, but I didn't, right? I was, did not focus on my game day nutrition, mm-hmm. right? Worked all that and then I didn't do it. So that's what I, I need to definitely improve on. And then the mobility, I couldn't stay warm. like. And I also, at the same time, trying to stay warm, um, I sort of pseudo exhausted myself. I was like jumping up and down, running up and down, trying to find any way to keep my muscles warm because it was so cold. You would get warm and then you get cold really, really fast. Yeah. And, you know, what happened was I cramped up in two competitions or two matches, like, and I lost one because my calf, and I don't want to blame me getting a cramp. But I focused on that cramp too much where, you know, I got an arm bar, you know, so it was, it was bad. Um, and then men- mentality, I think really as for me, at least in my experience and maybe other jujitsu guys can say this, but I feel like the first matches, I, I always have to get off the ring rust, even though I've been training that whole week. The, the first few matches, I just had like ring rust. I felt not in my element. And Maybe you can attest to this, but I felt like as the day went on and the more roles I got, I got better because I was mm-hmm. warmer. I was more fluid. I was more, I was listening my, to the, my sideline to CC my coaches. And I'm so grateful for Noah and uh, coach Sean, uh, my coach, Sean, <laughs> he's a black belt under, um, at heroes, martial arts under Gumby. Um, that's the lineage. So it's Gumby, Sean, uh, that would be me. You know, just, I was more attuned to them. And yeah, I, you know, that's definitely what I, I can improve on was, you know, just do that. And, and I wouldn't have thought about it. And I, and, and even now, what I'm doing now is like, okay, I'm doing NC45. I'm going to be more prepared about game day um, nutrition. Um, I'm going to be trying to figure out a way to get better at those matches. And after you and I had a chance to actually, ask this question to echo charles and or at least i did echo charles and jocko Jocko. uh, we listened we went to decisive engagement with jocko and i had an opportunity to ask echo charles how do i get you know get better at competing and getting good at game day just jitters and his answer (laughs) and jocko's answer was it was pretty common sense yeah it is pretty common sense is compete more Right. And which is funny because uh, at the end of this competition, I literally said to CC, I don't want to compete anymore. 
He's like, I hate competing. Why do I do this? I hate it. I just hate it. And, you know, as time as, you know, I have left to, you know, sit on this, on an idea, and after absorbing what Echo said and what Jocko said straight to my face, I should compete more. And it makes sense, right? The more reps you get, I think you're going to get better at it. And listening to other, uh, these top tier Jiu-Jitsu guys like Keenan Cornelius and, um, uh, what's his name on Matt Byrne, um, Josh Hinger, uh, Jiu-Jitsu, uh, you know, it's, you know, they, they won a lot through their belt careers when they would compete. They lo- used to lose all the time. Even these top tier guys that, that compete, they, they used to lose all the time. So that gives me hope knowing that I just need to keep in my lane, keep going and trust the process. Um, so goals moving forward, like that kind of goes down to what, uh, you know, I'm probably going to compete more. Um, I'm probably going to learn to get better mentally prepared, um, work on my strength, work on my grips. And even though I said I did really, really well at the takedown and stand up work, I'm going to improve on that too. Cause I feel like I can definitely do that and improve on that more. Um, technique. I'm probably going to have to have a game now, um, just in case any of my, my competitors are listening. Um, I, I have a game plan. Now I'm going to switch it up, right? As a blue belt, I think this is, this is it's important for me to figure out my game, you know? And it's also important. I also think it's very important to compete. So, you know, if you are thinking about competing, whether you're a white belt, or even if you're a higher belt than me, obviously, you've there's a lot of people like that and haven't competed yet. I, I definitely think there's value in competing. And I grew up in a non very competitive household. Right. <laughs> um, and True. so I didn't really become competitive until I met and married CC. Right. And I think it's very important because, you know, competition breeds just bringing out the best in people. Right. It's, it's how business works. Right. There's there's tons of competition out there and you're only going to improve when you see improvement in the in your peers. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, that's that's my goals moving forward. How about you, babe? So my goals moving forward, I think it was a lot of uh, a lot of my goals were had to do with mental mental strength, because that's really where I struggle the most. I think I think physically I know I can do anything and cardio strength yes i have goals for that you know i want to hit certain uh certain numbers with my strengths and i want to be able to run a certain speed and and all that but i think that my my biggest hurdle is mental it's like i said you know when i was carrying those weights and i was like man that you know these feel heavy and i just like I'm so tired and this is just so heavy and I didn't train enough and I'm not strong enough to do this. And then I was like, no, 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 no. This is lightweight. Just a peanut, just a <laughs> peanut, you know, and having that change in my mentality, it really helped. Like I said, it just, it really felt like I was just carrying little peanuts and I don't know why that works. I have no idea why that works, but it works. And so really having less of that negative talk. Also, I was over it. By the time I showed up to competition day, I was so over it. I just wanted to be done with it. And I think I was just stressing so much about the training that I forgot to have fun. Honestly. And 
if you're not having fun, then what is the point of doing it? So that's one of my biggest goals was have fun with your training. Journal when I feel anxiety. Do an AAR once per month for tracking my progress. Focus on me versus me instead of me versus anyone else. And I think this is really, I'm really learning this a lot, having my injury, because I'm seeing other people hitting goals. And I'm seeing other people, you know, doing clean and jerks and doing snatches and doing all these movements that I want to keep practicing. You know, they're getting their first muscle up, but I'm sitting here with my injured shoulder not being able to do these things. And I want to hit those goals. And I just have to remind myself, you're at a different place in your journey. And keeping that be me versus me attitude instead of comparing my progress to someone else. Because I don't know their journey and I don't know what they've gone through to get to where they are. Mm. And I want to do more competitions. Like you said, the only way to get better at competitions is to compete. And yeah, I can compete in CrossFit competitions and I want to, but I want to do other competitions as well. And I'm not necessarily looking to win. I'm just looking to get experience under my belt. And seeing, so one of the things I'm doing this year is I'm going to run a marathon. Why? Because I hate running. <laughs> I'll be the first one. I really, I really, really, really hate running so much. So much. But that's why I'm going to do it. Because it's a new challenge. It's something that I am terrible at. And if I can do a marathon, then you know what? I can run 26 miles, I can run one mile. And one mile won't seem so bad after I've done 26. <laughs> so again, it's that, it's that mental piece and just being able to prove to myself that I can do it. And I want to participate in a weightlifting meet. One of my goals was to finish Santa Run in December 2019. I did finish Santa Run. It was great. I got a really cool medal from it. Yeah, so I got chocolate and and we got chocolate cookies and cookies. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was good, and yeah, I want to find more competitions or events to participate in in 2020. So, because the only thing I can do right now is legs, I am focusing on strengthening my legs and getting ready for a marathon, which I'm really dreading. But <laughs> we'll get there. We will get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Future CC will be like, oh wow, okay. Wow. Wasn't that bad? Yeah. So, oh, were you done? So I didn't want to. No, and that was pretty much it. I mean, I, I'm not going to go into my goals for gymnastics, strength, and cardio. That just gets really, really specific. But, you know, I do have goals for each of those. And I listed out the movement I want to work on and what is my goal with that movement. So, so if you've been listening this long, we're, we're, we're about an hour. So thank you, number one. But, uh, let's we're going to wrap it up here not exactly but just in case you want to do this for yourself or you definitely you know are, are have competed recently or thinking about compete we definitely urge you to follow this format um and maybe it's something we'll we'll put in in the show notes here but in you know your first box is going to be the competition details your current competition details uh the history your previous if you have competed before if you haven't if you don't worry about it your goals for this particular competition uh, that you're doing AAR for, what happened, the results, for example, can be one. Or if you had different workouts or you got injured, put the in this section. Uh, what went well? I mean, it can be training, any goals that you met, 
your attitude, like we've discussed, but really this could be formatted um, as uh, as you want. We just went in more deeper detail for us, for ourselves, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can be approved on? Again, same. We can be on the same things as above, or or other things. Like, for example, I, I said that I needed to focus on nutrition for game day. You know, and there's you can be nutrition or mobility or your mental attitude. It can be as big or as small as you want it, really. Yeah. And then uh, goals moving forward, just like we just discussed here. Um, things that you want to see or improve on because of that. Um, and this leads me to my closing thoughts, and then Cece will reveal yours. Um, well, maybe I should say, you know, if you've listened this long, to summarize um, for my experience through jujitsu, what I've learned because of this AAR is that you know, definitely keep at your craft. Trust in the process. My goal was to choke out everybody that I met. Uh, that became a strong reality uh, that I couldn't do that. And I was okay with that. Um, you know, there was a lot of different uh, opponents, right? And different styles, right? And I think what I learned from that is that um, I have a good solid foundation because of my coaches and my teammates and role, uh, rolling partners. Uh, but there's different styles out there. So that's now me wanting to cross train a lot more and, and cross training in the jujitsu world means going to other gyms and training there. And that's not to say I'm going to leave my gym by all means. No, I'm not. It means that I'm going to find other opportunities to train with different people, different styles and pick up things and only sharpen my game. Iron sharpens iron, but also it forces um, me to look at uh, this because of this, this competition experience makes me want to compete more um it also makes me look at what i've been doing what didn't work and what sh- what i can improve on uh, because of that and i've almost immediately made adjustments right and i have an injury now um and i'm recovering but because of my prep because of the stretching because of my after action report i'm addressing those issues almost immediately so um how about you closing thoughts quick summary of of your AAR for yourself and anybody really honestly, babe, that's, that's listening to this, that wants to compete in a fitness environment. Honestly, I think don't take it too seriously. I'm not saying don't train seriously. I'm not saying don't take your nutrition seriously. Take that stuff seriously. When you walk out there, go out there to have fun. Honestly. Uh, one of the things that I saw at your competition, our one was this little girl who in the, the whole youth, time. Yeah. The in the youth, yeah. in the youth competition. I mean, she walked away, I think with, like two golds and maybe like a yeah, silver yeah, or something. Right. I mean, this, she walked away with a, with a bunch yeah, of medals, yeah. but the whole time she was just laughing and smiling she was and having, having fun. fun, like big time. And I was like, man, I want to have fun like that. Like that looks fun. I want to do it too. Yeah. <laughs> so I think go into it and have fun with it. Don't worry so much about winning. Focus on your plan. Have a plan. Really go into it with a yeah. plan. Stick to your plan. Do your best. And afterwards, do an AR. See what went well. See what didn't go well. Adjust your plan. Tackle yeah. it again. You're not going to win every competition. Look, we're not all Matt freaking yeah. Frazier, okay? <laughs> Visualization, too, big time, at least for me, helped quite a bit. And maybe for you, it didn't work in your capacity or maybe something that you, you're going to try in the future. I don't know. But in jujitsu, you can visualize your movements, your takedowns, your whatever. Um, visualize what they're going to do. Um, just like how a chess player that's why there's so many comparisons to jiu-jitsu and chess is like, if I do this, he might do this and I can attack with this or whatever. Right. So that's what I, what I use. 
But um, but yeah. So I think it, it's important to the reason for this AR is to to figure out what works for you. It's for you to help. It's to help you come up with a better plan for the next time you're going to compete. It's just a tool. This isn't going to be what makes you win something. No, the training, the hard work you put into it, those hours of those hours at the gym or on the mat, or I don't know if you're into arts, maybe the hours you, you put into knitting or drawing or whatever it is, those hours, that's, what's going to help you win this. This is just a tool to help you analyze and to help you see how you can be better. So just use it as a tool. Don't spend too much time on it. Say maybe at most spend an hour and just fill it out as much as you can. Um, but yeah, just have fun with it. Use it as a tool and, and just try to be your best self. And yeah. really, you can implement it with anything in life, sure. but I we mean, use it for our competitions. Exactly. And if you're listening to this, that means you have some sort of, if you made it this far, that means you have some sort of inkling that you want to compete or or think about competing. But you, again, like Cece said, like you, you can use this for anything in life. But um, speaking of listening, if you've listened to this now, this is pretty much our second longest episode so far. So thank you very much. But I think we're going to wrap it up here. Did you have any other thoughts, babe? Nope. That's pretty much it. Um, Oh, sorry. One last thing I forgot to mention. That's why I asked. I, I forgot to mention. So under my little description about the, in my first section where it talks about like the competition I'm going into, I ended up putting links in there, pictures of the competition and videos so i can go back and review video and see my performance may not work for everyone but that is something that you can do you can link videos or photos that you have of yourself or or, or just just have pictures and video um I, I think we took video of yours so so that way we could see um so that way we could see the result you know see your, your performance your technique what you've done um but it's also cool just to be able to reflect back and look and be like absolutely wow, like, yeah, yeah. like that felt really heavy but man i made it look easy i mean you did maybe we'll put the put your video on the, the uh, uh highlight reel in the show notes but um yeah you but did yeah. you did make it look easy. <laughs> that, that that was my only final thought you know like but, i said have fun with it yeah I, and that goes for jujitsu too I, I definitely do think if you have an opportunity for someone to film it film it not to post it and go online and, you know, be like, hey, look, I tapped this person, but also to look at your technique, what went well, what you can improve. It it helped me immensely in my AR and going it over with my coaches and my rolling te- my my teammates of uh, what I did. So, um, again, thank you for listening. This is the Fight to Finish podcast episode. I don't know. I shouldn't even say because I don't know when it's going to come out. But um, my name is R1S. And I'm Cece. And we are your host for the Fight to Finish podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, please follow us on anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Spotify, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, um, Libsyn. And we're working on a website now. Um, so you can watch it on or listen to it on our website. Uh, we also are- follow us on Instagram, F2F Podcast. That is our Instagram handle. So again, F2F Podcast. And if you guys have any recommendations of things you want to hear 
Or if you really hated this AAR and you don't agree with us, or you loved it, let us know. <laughs> We're interested. <laughs> let us know on our post. And, um, uh, and definitely, if you want to see a template, let us know. We might be able to uh, get you a copy of it so you can and. And we're, we're just happy that people aren't listening and, and from all over the world, we can see it. So shout out to those people that have picked up this podcast that hit or mashed that subscribe button or follow. Um, thank you. Uh, we're, we're growing and we're working on great content for you guys. So uh, none of which is solid just yet, but we're working on it. And uh, thank you for just joining us this far. So until next time, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.